1: And now, your host, Vena Jones Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, your nation's public radio source for the strategies, techniques, and experts you need to hear to start your own real estate investing business or to build the one you already have. The Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati meets tomorrow evening at the usual location, the CAA building in Bond Hill on Langdon Farm Road. The early meeting for advanced investors is your best lease clauses. And then the main meeting is about how to get involved in buying apartments with local investor Mitch Painter. That meeting is open to all. You can get more information at www.cincinnatirea.com, that's Cincinnati R E I A dot com. While you're there, check out Larry gowens's workshop this upcoming Saturday. It's called "Filthy Riches," and Larry's going to talk about how to buy houses very inexpensively and sell them on land contract. And uh, you can get more information about that also at Cincinnatirea.com. Now, today we are. Not actually going to talk about real estate. We're going to talk about something that people think of as real estate and that at the larger levels actually can become an investment in commercial real estate. But mobile homes themselves are not actually real property most of the time. And yet they are a way that lots of folks get started in or uh, even build a large business in housing. My guest today is the top expert in the United States on mobile home investing and teaching other people how to do the same. His name is Doug Ottersberg. He's been here on Real Life Real Estate Investing before and he's here today to talk to us about what is going on in the mobile home business in 2014. Welcome, Doug.
0: Thanks, Vina. Great to be here.
1: Uh, very, very good to have you. And uh, I know that you are coming here to Cincinnati in November to be That's at the, today. right, be at the OREA National New Strategy Summit. And I believe yep. it is at this event that you are going to finally debut your gorgeous wife, who is way too attractive for you, in all honesty. <sighs> Uh,
0: Thanks for reminding me. As, as a
1: co-speaker, I guess Anna is going to be uh, presenting along with you at that yeah, event. Yeah, you know, we're
0: really, we're really, really excited about that. That's been one of our uh, goals on our life vision. Uh, well, maybe more so mine. <laughs> uh, but you know, she is such an important part of our family and and our business and success. And and you know, I, I really went over to her and just basically did, you know honey the people deserve to see you and she said she graciously agreed oh. so it, it, it's going to be awesome
1: we are we are definitely looking forward to that and uh we do by the way so there there are obviously still tickets available for the event but we have one left here at wmkv we a couple of weeks ago we did a fun drive and uh Orio had donated some tickets to wmkv that folks could get at a actually fairly significant discount and when they when they get it through WMKV, all the money goes to public radio. So we have one of those left at WMKVFM.org uh, for anybody who wants to grab it that way and get to this event, which, man, it is shaping up to be something else. We have some really awesome uh, speakers and topics, uh, about 15 different topics, in fact, 16 since you're actually doing both mobile homes and mobile home
0: parks. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would call anyone listening right now, even more so than ever, these days it's more important that you learn to take control of your own financial future. And the information that you're going to get at this event is the best anywhere bar none. I have been doing this for over 20 years, and it's one of the ways that my wife, Anna, and I got started, is by attending an event just like this, seeing what other people were doing Uh, to create uh, something other than them working for them, which was our whole goal, and uh, really encourage you to do what you can to make it. Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. And again, that that last uh, ticket package, and it's actually for two people, uh, can be gotten at wmkvfm.org if you happen to be listening to this on the podcast and you go there and it's not there. That's because the last one was claimed, but as of this moment, it is not uh, wmkvfm.org. Now, Doug, you referenced the um, the fact that that you and your wife set out to do mobile home parks. This wasn't like you know a lot of people they'll start in residential real estate and then they change their minds and decide to go do something else. You guys yeah. sort of started out that way, and you've got a you've got a great story that went out to the folks who are subscribed to our e-letter today. Uh, about how the two of you basically became financially independent the day you closed your first property. Uh, can you Correct. can you talk a little bit about how that happened?
0: Well, we had met uh, in baggage claim at Los Angeles International Airport. <laughs> and we just started talking, and we hit it off. And, and my, my wife is originally from Mexico, and, She did something that not very many young women do in their early 20s, which was she managed to buy a property on her own. Uh, She was interested in real estate. She liked it. Um, By the time we met, I was starting to get interested in it. And um, to to make a very long story short, we started going to different real estate investment groups and seminars and trainings. And uh, at the time, I had read Sam Walton's book uh, about wanting to bring business out to small-town America. And while I was reading that, I went to a seminar learning how to create cash flow through uh, paper investments, through notes and mortgages and that kind of thing. And I found at that meeting and trainings, there were a lot of people that owned mobile home parks and that were using um, that business to create a completely separate business, which was financing the manufactured or mobile homes. And so Anna and I actually while we were living in the LA area went out and found a mobile home like 2 miles, I mean 2 hours outside of LA, we bought it and did what a lot of people do, we went in, kind of fixed it up and then we tried to find somebody to buy it and, and we sweated bullets cuz we we sat on that for 2-3 months before we actually uh, sold it. The neat thing is it was furnished so uh, when we actually left L.A. and got married, we took a bunch of that stuff with us, and that was part of our new household. Um, but, yes, we, we went out and were able to find a mobile home park that meets, met all of the requirements, you know, just like real estate. Um, you, know, you look for the, the worst property in a good neighborhood, all the right things wrong, all of those kinds of things, and we were actually able to take our real estate training um, and apply it to this business and The thing that you know, that got us going was actually making the decision to to, to do it that 's number one. Mm-hmm. Um, Finding one or two people that would actually talk to me, and back then that was before I hate to say it before the internet got started uh, <laughs> let me rephrase that before we had access to internet knowledge like we do today, I think maybe CompuServe might have been around um, <laughs> but we, we we utilized that knowledge and went out and after we made that decision found a don't wander uh, somebody that had a property they just didn't want for a lot of reasons and we were able to to get in and and take over that that community, and we still own it to this day. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And uh, as I as I recall from the article, the community at that time, and again, that's more years ago than you apparently want to mention. Uh, <laughs> okay, 20. <laughs> 20 years ago, uh, uh, the cash flow, the net cash flow, was something like four thousand dollars a month, which was more than the average family was making at that yep. time in the United States. So, like, boom, one property, or one, yeah, one property. I mean, a mobile home park is a property. It may contain, yes. you know, 20, 30, 50 mobile homes, but it is a single property. So, yeah, yeah um, one property, and you guys don't have to have a job anymore.
0: That was, that was really a, a blessing. Uh, cause at that point in my life, I had just sold a business, and uh, I hadn't gotten married, Anna and I hadn't gotten married yet when we actually closed on that mobile home park, Um, and I was trying to figure out a way to explain to her parents why they should let their daughter marry this unemployed homeless guy, (laughs) because I had had been living in my business, Um, but when I sat down and and showed her dad and her mom and her uh, seven brothers (laughs) 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 Um, what this business was and how it worked, and when I showed them the numbers, um, I just got, you know, they spoke Spanish, I spoke English, very little Spanish, but when they saw the numbers, numbers translate pretty well. <laughs> <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. and,
0: and, you know, financial freedom, there are levels of that, would you agree? Oh, yes. And, you know, like, like you said, you know, we, we, were, we were financially free because all of our, you know, our net income exceeded our, um, our expenses. And like you said, we didn't need a job, but our job then became just to manage the assets. And that's what we've been doing ever since. And buying more assets and managing them. And now we're actually managing managers who manage assets.
1: (laughs) So you got a you got a property, a retirement income, and a wife all at the same time.
0: What more could
1: you want, right? Exactly. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the investments in mobile homes versus investments in mobile home parks, uh, where you might want to start, listeners, if you're interested in investing in mobile homes or parks. And we're also going to take listener calls at 877-772-9658 or take your emails at askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing, where today we are talking mobile homes and mobile home parks with Doug Ottersburg of Mobile Home Millionaire, a speaker at the upcoming OREA National New Strategy Summit. Uh, so, Doug, when people think about mobile homes and mobile home parks in a lot of the country, mm-hmm. they're they they don't think. Class A luxury type. Um, they, they, exactly. They, 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 and and actually, you know, I've I've been to places in much more expensive parts of the country than I live in, where there are mobile home parks that actually are luxury properties because yeah, it's the most affordable housing in any market, but. In a lot of the country, you know, the mobile home parks are kind of tucked back away. People don't know where they are when they think about them, and think about who who they believe lives there. They they're, they're really thinking, you know, very low income types of properties. As someone yeah. who has owned lots of them and owned them all over the country, what what is your what is your take on the kind of you know nose in the air feeling that a lot of folks have about? Sure, that.
0: Well, you hit it on the head. It, it really comes down to uh, affordability and lifestyle. Uh in some areas of the country just as you said there are uh, lifestyle like uh places where people live in mobile homes or manufactured homes where it, it costs as much or more than any of the nicest site built homes in the area. Uh primarily the business that we're in is providing safe clean affordable homes for people of all walks and all backgrounds. I mean, who lives in manufactured homes? Uh, Everybody, you know, construction workers, I know people that make this country go. You know, school workers, government employees, you name it—they live in a manufactured home, and that's where we find a lot of uh, comfort in our business. You know, one of the things that that my wife, that you mentioned, really loves about this business, uh, from the feminine perspective, is. A, she's helping other families while she helps her, you know, her family. She really likes that peace of mind and security that comes from, you know, this particular business model because everybody needs a place to live, and especially when times get hard like we've had over these past five, seven, eight years or so, um, the affordability factor really plays into um, letting you sleep easy at night. Uh, you know, if you've got a really expensive rental or expensive property, there's a lot less people that can afford that uh, than people that need an affordable place to stay. And mm-hmm. so knowing that, you know, getting into the business, would you want to have a business where your potential customers, you got a lot, or uh, potential customers where there are few, very few? Uh, that's what one of the things that really drew us into this business. Mm-hmm. So as far as, you know, as far as the people that live there, Vena, yeah, you, you, there are people that, you know, for through lax management or you know, for whatever reason, yeah, I can see why they've gotten that reputation. In fact, um, some of my friends in the business, you know, one of the things that you know, they talk about is like, oh, so you got another community. Did you get rid of the hillbillies? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, no disrespect to any hillbillies out there, but, you know, hey, when we when we say that you know we know what we mean.
1: Mm-hmm. Um yeah uh, ironically uh people of Appalachian descent are actually a protected class here in the city of Cincinnati so uh your friends would um be surprised to learn that um you know quote getting rid of the hillbillies would be actually illegal here in Cincinnati. <laughs> but um the uh the 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 point that you make that there are people who need affordable housing, period. Like it or not, you know, would would you like everybody to be able to live in a mansion? Yes, that's not the way the world works. Right. Mobile homes are like the ultimate in affordable housing. It it doesn't get any more affordable than a mobile home, particularly not in a mobile home park, which leads to very yeah. inexpensive prices on individual homes. Um yeah. I I mean I've seen I've seen folks in this area Pick up mobile homes that are in parks for a thousand, fifteen hundred, three thousand dollars. Renovate them for fifteen hundred bucks because apparently there's only so much money you can spend renovating a yeah. mobile home. <laughs> and, Not a lot. And then sell them on payments for three or four hundred bucks a month for ten years. And and the, and the folks it, who live it, there pay their own lot rent, so that's that's like you know more yeah. or less a net number. And that's, I mean, do the math.
0: That's Yeah, the math is incredible, Vina. And, you know, the thing that you mentioned right there, you know, a lot of people and, and as a real estate investor and trainer yourself, one of the things that we run into a lot is, you know, students that have that fear of getting started because you know, they look at what it might take to get started in an investment and they say, wow, that's, that's a lot. I don't know if I should do that. But gosh, you know, it costs more to, to take most courses or go to a college class than the numbers that you just mentioned. If you can pick up a, uh, a home for a thousand bucks, and you know there's not a lot you can't do for three or four thousand dollars. I mean, we're talking, you know, basically strip it, put in you know, new laminate floors, new cabinets, countertops, you know, new plumbing, and just make it a very nice place to live for somebody. Uh, you know, that's where Anna and I and uh, raised our family for the first eight years of, of our life together. Mm-hmm. You know, our kids, uh, you know, they think it's just natural and normal. Um, and for a lot of folks, it is. There's mm-hmm. nothing abnormal about choosing a lifestyle that allows you to keep a very low overhead. And so um, the, that style of investment, though, is kind of runs counter to what most people think of. Now, I was indoctrinated if you will into the cash flow mindset which basically says do a little work today and then get paid for years to come meaning uh, in that case the, the model would be sell it uh, buy it fix it up and then sell it But rather than getting a chunk of cash right now you agree to get your cash in smaller chunks over a longer period of time mm-hmm. and the thing that that worked back when we first got started, still works today. A lot of people that need this form of housing and need affordability don't have the wherewithal to to go pay cash or go to one of the what we might call commercial outlets that will finance the home for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where the individual uh, has, just, just just like we always do in our entrepreneurial society, society, where there's a need, entrepreneurs will figure out a way. To fill it.
2: Mm-hmm. That
0: said, um, some of your listeners might be saying, Yeah, but what about those new laws that I heard? And we're going to be addressing that uh, at the upcoming event
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, the, the Dodd Frank and the SAFE Act. And how does that apply to this business? So, got the answers, and but you're going to have to come to the event to find <laughs> out the answers. <laughs>
1: Yes, and 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 coming to the event to hear about uh, how this has changed the mobile home business is an awesome idea. You can also, of course, go back to our podcast here on Real Life Real Estate and check out uh, Jeff Watson's uh, discussion of that uh, in general. He ta- discussed this, the yeah. uh, uh, Dodd Frank Act in general about four months ago. If you're if you're listening for the first time and saying what the heck are they talking about Dodd Frank there's a whole show on it it's about about 4 months ago look for Jeff Watson in the podcast um, now Doug let's I, you know it's so hard in in what basically works out to like 40 minutes to to have a really in-depth discussion on mobile homes it's not sure it, it's not the same business as real estate it's a related business. There are right. certain things that you would need to know about mobile homes that are different than what you know about houses if you wanted to move into that business. And I think one of the one of the key things that folks get confused about is you can't just walk into a mobile home park and make a deal with an owner of a mobile home and do whatever you want with it. Because the park owner often has controls on yes. on what happens to a mobile home if the existing seller sells it. Can Can you talk a little bit about what some of those restrictions might be? Sure.
0: Uh, I'll just give you a recent example. We had a family uh, in our one of our communities that had a, a, a an older home uh, that they were wanting to sell. They were actually going to go through one of the you know, not-for-profit uh, home providers in our area to actually get, be able to qualify and get into a site-built home. They found another family that would purchase their existing home. And as the community owner, A, we want to make sure that we have a say-so of who goes into that home because contractually, legally, we have to have that, that control. So you know, anybody that's a potential homeowner has to go to the manager uh, slash owner and go through a background check and, and apply uh, to live there so that not just anybody ends up in a community. And those communities with bad reputations that we were alluding to earlier, that's usually what happens. They don't care about who's there. They just want the money.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so it, they just end up putting anybody in there, and uh, they end up going downhill as, as a nice place to live at that point then what we'll typically do is before that home changes hands we might go over there and do an inspection and if there's any safety or health issues uh... we will we'll create a list just like a real estate investor might be doing if they were to look at the home and say okay i, ha- I have to do a rehab here what needs to happen um... You know, broken windows doors all of those kinds of things maybe the home needs to be painted uh... perhaps uh, your listeners might have heard that on a mobile home, manufactured home, uh, it sits on blocks. So therefore, there's this gap underneath the house that is all the way around, and typically that gets covered up by a material that we call skirting, different types of material. Uh, we might ask that the skirting be replaced because over the years, maybe through the weed eaters or rocks or whatever, it's gotten broken. Mm-hmm. So typically those are the two main re- things that you'll need to uh, talk with a um, community owner or manager about. In fact, we, we spend time uh, in our training to telling people, just like any other business, there are people that you can do business with and there, there are places where you can't do business. Mm-hmm. And right now, there's a unique environment for people that want to get into this business or at least take a look at it uh, because many community owners don't want to be in the business of dealing with buying, renovating, selling, financing the homes. And we've actually, since uh, 99, uh, we started a business that specifically deals in just that uh, buying, selling, renovating, fixing up, uh, and then financing just the homes. And we have a a large business in other communities that we don't even own, where the owner doesn't want to do that. So that might be something that you know spark an idea for some of your listeners as
1: well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and there are folks uh here in the even in the cincinnati area i mean you, you don't really have to talk to people in the south about mobile homes so like yep <laughs> know what they are got them love them yeah yeah you don't you don't you don't really have to talk to people in a lot of the rural areas in in ohio and indiana and michigan and pennsylvania they just they just get it right But when when you get into a city, you know, Cincinnati, Columbus, uh, Lexington, Louisville, uh, a lot of those folks will say, well, we don't even have any mobile home parks around here, which (laughs) never turns out to be true.
0: (laughs) That's true. That's what I said, too. And you start looking you'll find them just like when you buy a red car pretty soon all the cars that you see are red right
1: <laughs> exactly um, well and and if you're like like you know i have never in my life put out an advertisement that said i buy mobile homes but i probably get three or four calls a, a uh, sorry a year from people who mm-hmm. who saw some other kind of advertising i was doing and said hey do you buy mobile homes and i and i have right. actually i've i've wholesaled a few of them so uh, you know i know that i know that there are mobile home parks in cincinnati even though i'm one of those people who perceives there are not any uh and one of the things that uh, i've I've gotten very careful about checking is that uh, some of the parks uh, don't let their homes be rented they only allow them right. if, if, if if I'm gonna buy it, I have to then sell it to someone who's gonna live in it and I cannot rent the home right. uh, and we've seen we've seen a couple that have had their that are in in nice neighborhoods that are seriously trying to upgrade that if the mobile home's older than a certain age if it gets sold it has to be moved off the lot. So Correct. in other words if it's like a 1972 single wide that's seen better days. Right. Uh they might say, "Hey, fine, Mr. Seller, you can sell it, but whoever buys it has to move it off the lot because we want something newer there." So just little Correct. little things like that that I know you're going to teach when you when you get here, but um that that folks need to to be aware of. Uh, another thing that sort of surprised me uh, the very first time I started looking at, a, I was looking at mobile home. Actually, that was about six years ago, and I called you because I said, mm-hmm. "I said, what? The, I've got this, you know, mobile home. This guy's willing to sell for fifteen hundred bucks. I have no idea if that's a good deal. How do I even find the value?" And you said, "Oh, well, it's a blue book."
0: <laughs> yeah, in a lot of areas you can get into. Uh, there are there is the uh, NADA guide, uh, data comp. There are other sources as well. Uh, those are just a guideline. And the best way to find out you know, what anything is worth is go look at a bunch of them in your particular area. And you know, once you've looked at enough, you'll get a feeling for, for what it goes for. The thing that I teach uh, is, you know, again, the numbers don't lie. And in every single housing market, uh, and it, there are, there is an affordability uh, to every – level of housing. And in fact, one of the things that we're going to be talking about in our upcoming trainings is something that as a result of the Dodd-Frank legislation, uh, the new Consumer Protection Financial Bureau has really started cracking down on, you know, lending and possibly running over even into landlords, uh, where they, where they talk about the ability to repay. And so when you start looking at, particularly in a, you know, owning a, you know, a manufactured home in a community, you know, you've got the lot rent, you've got the monthly payment on the home, you know, you've got your taxes and insurance. When you add that all up, you get a certain number. And if you've ever gone through a loan qualification process, you'll know that you have to make a certain amount of income in order to live there, uh, to qualify. And so that, that can be done ahead of time so that a potential buyer, and if you're going to invest in it, you can run the numbers ahead of time and know what you're you're going to be able to sell it for and what somebody will be able to qualify for. So therefore, you'll be able to work backwards and say, all right, well, I've got to spend this much to fix it up so I can afford to pay this much. And that's something we spend a lot of time Mm -hmm. with during
1: our training. Mm-hmm. Now we need to take another quick break and when we come back we have some questions here from listener who, listeners who have sent emails to askvina at gmail.com. Uh, welcome any other listener questions here during the break or you can call your questions in at 877-772-9658. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today, Doug Ottersberg. We're talking about mobile homes, mobile home parks. Have a question here from Karen in Cincinnati via AskVena at gmail.com. Karen says, if the mobile home park owners are allowed to put all these restrictions on the sale and rental of mobile homes, it sounds like they are in control. How do I buy a mobile home park instead of a mobile home?
0: <laughs> Karen, you're a woman after my own heart. I came, when I first started getting into this, um, I came home one day, and Anna, uh, this was before we were married, and she was visiting, and she said, "You know, gosh, you look terrible. What's up? I said, it's been a hard day. It's like all these mobile home park owners, it's, it's like they have their own private playground and they won't let me play. And, we, and then we kind of looked at each other and like, let's buy our own playground. <laughs> so, yeah, you're absolutely right. And in some areas, there are going to be community owners that you, you just can't work with. And so there are the, the first answer, obviously, it's like, how do you buy a mobile home park? Well, make sure you get to the upcoming event. Um, come see Anna and I, um, and we'll walk you through exactly how how to do that. Second thing is, is just start looking around, either in your area, or an area you know, if you're on vacation and a place you like to go to, and just start looking for one of those uh, what 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 I would call a trailer court. Uh, in fact, that's you know the things that we like to do is we'll look for a trailer court and we'll purchase it and turn it into a very nice community for people to live in. And and start looking for something that other investors might not want to get into, mm-hmm. and that's where you're going to find the gold.
1: Now let me let me ask you a question that I ask of of all of our experts who talk about commercial properties, which is, what is the financing situation for these? This is not a matter of of. Um, uh, you know i i'm going to go to sure. i'm going to go to fha and get a loan on a mobile home park is is financing Correct. relatively easy to get is it is it true commercial type financing where they're more focused on the income of the park than they are on your income
0: yes um so there there's a basic financing formula uh the commercial income approach very easy to understand and Yes, primarily, lenders are going to start looking at that income. What I recommend for people that are just getting into uh, this area of investing is to, to look for somebody like Anna or my, and, and me. Somebody, you know, the, the typical, what we might always call the ma and pa operation. Because a lot of these communities are family-owned businesses. And... You know, that's how we actually got started. We found this community, and it was, it was owned by a local investor who was primarily into um, apartment buildings, and he owned a bunch of single-family homes. This was kind of their, you know, the stepchild of that business. And he was a do not wanter There were a lot of problems with it, and we were able to negotiate owner financing. Mm-hmm. When I say look for, a, when I look, when I say look for a mom pa quite often, um, what I found is for whatever reason, some kids just don't want anything to do <laughs> with the family business, uh-huh. and the parents would rather see it go to somebody that's bright, eager, ready to you know go get them, um, because that could be a very good source of retirement for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we always discuss that when we, when we talk about getting owner financing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's, that's the first thing that we look for.
2: Mm-hmm. And then
0: the, the, the second thing comes down to understanding the numbers and how to position the property or how to present the loan request because uh, that's going to go a long ways towards being able to get that. We, we go through that uh, with folks. Because uh, there are things that you, you don't want to do, and there are absolutely things you do want to do, that will show, without you even having to say anything, a, a potential lender, you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: you and, get your foot in the door. And uh, your, yours is not the only story like that I've heard. Uh, one, of, one of my business partners owned uh, several mobile home parks uh, here in the region, not in Ohio, but in the region, all of which were partially owner finance one of the very first people i ever met when i uh joined cincinnati ria uh longer ago than i want to mention uh yeah. was was a, an older lady who was she was clearly well to do let's put it that way and she has yeah. she has she has since passed away but as i got to know her i discovered that uh, her, her entire source of, of wealth and income was five mobile home parks. Every single one of them she had bought with owner financing over the course mm-hmm. of, of a number of years. And then when she got into her eighties and didn't want to manage them anymore, she sold them on owner financing because that way she could get payments every month and not have to deal with park managers or tenants or anything. So, uh, exactly. I, 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 my impression, and I, you know, you're the expert, not not I, but my impression is that that many mobile home parks uh, do trade hands in that way. It's like you know, you bought it they on your financing, and when you're ready to retire, you sell it on your financing. So that's, that's a great
0: entry and exit.
1: Yeah. So hopefully that that answered your question, Karen. Um, go 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 find some, and you know, I, I assume you go about finding motivated sellers the way you do in any real estate business go talk to them go talk to
0: them and and just start uh, as we would say ride the speed bumps you know start driving through different communities around where you live and again it's just like with anything you learn uh, from looking for motivated sellers in your real estate education you can transfer right over Mm -hmm. you got an abandoned neglected uh, funky looking place somebody doesn't care Mm-hmm. And you know chances are you could be the person to come in and and care and not only turn that thing around but also take a huge weight off of somebody else's shoulders and they might be happy to finance it for you uh in exchange for you doing that mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. and you never know till you ask. Question. Right. question here from Pat in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. He says, does Doug have an ideal size of mobile home parks? We have parks in this area that are as small as 10 pads, and, of course, they go mm-hmm. up to hundreds. For a new investor, is there a perfect size to look for?
0: I'm going to say the sweet spot, Pat, um, is, A, the one that you can afford. Oh. <laughs> The, the, the perfect size is um, if, if, if it's out of range of where you live, you're going to need one that can support a manager or at least a caretaker. Um, if it's within a, you know, an area where you're going to be able to be hands-on and involved, which, by the way, I recommend that when you're just starting out, you do, that you be involved in everything, that you be hands-on, so that you'll get the education so that at least you, you'll know when you're ready to hire a manager, what they're supposed to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> ask me how I know. <laughs> so that's, uh, more than likely to have anything under a hundred units, um, and maybe around 50, 50 is a comfortable, you know, we started out at 40 with 42. Um, and again, you know, if you and I were sitting across you know, from one another just having a, a talk, I, I, I always ask, you know, what is your goal? You know, what are you trying to do uh, by owning this property? And you know, usually it comes down to, it's like, well, I'd like to be financially free. And I invite you, if you don't know what it is right now, to, to figure out what's the number that it's going to take to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a good thing for all the listeners right now. It's like, you know, what is it going to take? For you to become financially free, you know, start out by just looking at what are your current needs right now. That's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. You know, when I say needs, you know, your, your, your overhead, you know, food, clothing, shelter, you know, a little entertainment, maybe a few other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that was, that was our, our starting point. And you know, we were able to do that with 42 units. And at the time, I think the rents were in the $200, 225 a month range.
1: Mm-hmm. And, oh, and, you know, and, and we were
0: able to do that.
1: And to be clear, because it it strikes me that we have not mentioned this, uh, uh, although it is mentioned in this excellent article that you gave us to send out to our subscribers. Um, when you say rent, you're renting dirt. Oh, yes. You're not. Yes. You're so not. The, that, yeah. that. you're not renting mobile yes. homes. You're you're renting dirt that people bring their own mobile homes and put on.
0: <laughs> Correct. So in in this case, yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. In this case, as a community owner, uh, we are simply renting the, the home site, you know, the dirt. You, you know, you might call it the space or the pad, different names for that. But basically, the community owner rents the dirt, and ideally, you have people that own their own home. And one of the great things about this, Vina, is, you know, there's a completely different mindset when it comes to someone that's renting as opposed to somebody that is a home owner. And, you know, as a community owner, a lot of community owners don't want rental units because of that fact right there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, homeowners take better care of their home, which is a a mindset that you get through the entire community. Um, And yet, that said, there are communities, and that because of the local market, selling uh, and, and, and to homeowners doesn't work as well as renting does.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, right
0: now, there's a lot of families that are actually really looking for places to rent that are affordable. And you know, if you happen to be in a market where that works, you either need to own the park or work with a park owner in tandem that will allow you to buy a home and rent it. But again, to tell you, that's very management-intensive. Uh, it's also very capital intensive because you have to be continually. It's just it's like owning an apartment. You know, you've got to be doing make, you know, make readies and and you know, move ins and move outs. And the great thing about a mobile home park is when it's full of home owners, and you as the owner of the community don't have to do all that. Life is a whole lot easier. Mhm.
1: Mhm. Uh, One more question here from J.C. in Las Vegas. He says, on individual mobile homes, how does Doug determine what the optimum sale price and terms are to offer a particular mobile home for sale? Is there a good way of testing at what prices and terms any given mobile home in any given park will move to a decent payer?
0: Sure. Um, People won't live in something they can't afford, So. Uh, pretend that you're out looking uh, for something um, and ask around, you know what are what do the people that would potentially be your buyer? what what would they make? And you know as an underwriter, we look at thirty percent of salary for housing costs. So if you want to figure out, you know you can work backwards, there and that's one of the things that we we spend a, some time training people on is how to exactly come up with a cost uh, or a price for the home based upon what somebody can afford, and then you start there and you work backwards. Mm hmm.
1: hmm. And again, don't forget that this is a slightly different business <laughs> than it, it it's. It really is sort of a a a mind shift uh, because a lot of people want to think of mobile homes as being like little apartments that sit by themselves. And in some ways that's right. And in some ways that's not correct because the gross payment that you're trying to figure out here has to include what's the lot rent. And yeah, last time I called you about a mobile home about six months ago, I said, I found this, there's this mobile home park. It's in a spectacular area here in Cincinnati. If I if I said where it was, everybody would recognize it and be very surprised there was a mobile home park there. And I said, the lot rent's like $550 a month. Does that sound like it could at all be right? And the place had a pool, it had a tennis court. It's in a great area, but whatever whatever that mobile home was going to be sold for on payments the lot rent had to be added to that. So, yeah. so if you said, oh, somebody can, somebody in this mobile home park could typically afford 400 a month and the lot rent's 150 that that's one of those mind shifts you have to make is that, okay, that means the payment to me can be 350 or $250, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, lots of stuff to learn, but uh, I, I will say this, uh, as many folks as I do know who are uh, making good money on this around here, they are not talking they're not telling people about it. Like I've asked them to come speak at Cincinnati area and they won't do it because they say, I got this niche to myself. I don't want to share it. Sadly for them, you will be at the Oria conference in about three weeks sharing. Yeah. Sharing their secrets. I, I can
0: understand. <laughs> I can, I can understand why they might feel that way. But basically, Anna and I, we're at a point in our life where we're, we're, we're okay. Um, our kids are okay. You know, and, we're at a point where we're giving back and we really like the idea you know doing well by doing good Mm -hmm. and we've learned and we love the fact that we are able to help other families uh... get in the game of home ownership uh... and pay off their manufactured home and then sell it so that they can get some cash that they would have been renting they would have never had
1: Mm -hmm and right and yes yes and we and we do appreciate you and we very much look forward to seeing you in a couple weeks and once again one more one more seat available at wmkvfm.org where you can get in at a discount and also support public radio so go grab that wmkvfm.org we'll be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing until then happy investing